Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. That is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far, I'd have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? High drive. Left field. It is out of here. This is a simple game. You throw the ball. You hit the ball. You catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 25 of The Roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby. I'm here with Mark Carrig, Andy McCullough. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this fine morning? It is a fine morning, Grant. Actually, afternoon here. Doing just fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just fine. Okay, that's right. I forget. I forget about. Uh, our, so, how long have you lived on the East Coast, Mark? Oh man, since two thousand and six. It's been a while. Did you ever get used to West Coast games starting at like ten thirty? Yeah, I mean, I actually think I've gotten used to all of it. Right, football starting later um, on Sunday. You know, I liked having the West Coast games because when I'd be done covering my game, I'd get home and and it was nice to have games on. So I actually learned to like it. I always hated the four o'clock games back home. You know, like if the A's <laughs> went to go play on the East yeah. Coast, um, having to hustle back from school or whatever. And like, it just felt weird to do that. But I guess like the good part was, you know, usually the A's would be gone and the Giants would be home and you would have the four and seven o'clock game, right? So you had baseball on pretty much the entire day after school. So yeah, I guess it's the same uh, dynamic. I'd go, I guess, like I said, I'd go cover the seven o'clock game and then come home and catch, you know, sometimes a lot of like, you know, the Dodgers or the Giants or the Padres or whomever. Every time I'm back in the East Coast, I just can't believe it exists. Like time zones. Like I just, they blow my mind, like insane clown posse. Like how do they work? Like I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Andy, how are you doing today? Whatever. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be a spicy one. Like this might be the last one. This might this might be it. I can't do it. You're broken. Anymore. I, the, the technology is just like I've I've had enough. I broke a laptop last week. Now my laptop doesn't Zoom doesn't work. Like whatever. Like it's audio quality. I sound like uh, I'm inside of a tin can, inside of a tin can, inside of a tin can, calling from a phone booth from you know 1968. So uh, yeah. Dozens of listeners are furious. <laughs> I'm just pretending like you're Andy from Moraga. Andy from Moraga, what's on your mind here on the hotline <laughs> with Mark and? But I need like an animal name. It's like uh, with Mark and the oh, Beaver. So good. Yeah, right, right. It's it calling in, being like, "Look, Otani's having a nice year. He's having a nice year." <laughs> but look, judge what judge is doing. 
has not been seen since Roger Maris. All right? Okay? <laughs> so it's just it's different. You know, Otani's a nice player. Look, you know, he's playing in whatever's going on out there. You know, he can do a lot of things. But Judge, you know, what's the, yeah, I'll hang up and listen. This isn't Andy from Moraga. That's Joel Sherman from New York <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> calling from 1968. Oh, Joel. That's what it sounds like. Oh, man. I would listen to I would listen to Colin Andy for an episode. I think you I think you make some good points. All right, we'll just we'll just uh, put up with the audio. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Everyone's fine. We're all fine here. We're just a bunch of baseball idiots talking about baseball. And so let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about races because I have this underwhelming appreciation of the races. And I want you guys to convince me. It feels like there's nothing other, like the Braves-Mets is kind of like the free space on the bingo card, but I'm not invested in any of these races. And I'm not sure if I'm just dead inside or if it's something with the new format. So sell me on some of these races. Get me excited about wild cards. Who's going to pump me up? It's because they expanded the playoffs. This was always going to happen. Like this is, this is what they did. They ruined September. To make, you know, the first week of October slightly more exciting. Like, Braves-Mets is compelling. And I've moved from the idea of like, well, I'm just not sure if a buy is going is really like a reward because your hitters are going to mess up. I've come around on that. It's a huge reward. You don't have to play a, you don't have to go through a do or die postseason series. That's one of the postseason series eliminated. It's a huge benefit, even if your hitters are a little rusty. So that's exciting-ish. But when it comes to the wild cards, I just cannot, like, I just can't bring myself to care about Brewers Phillies. And I, I don't know if that's just me or if that's rude. Like I said, I it's know. both. You might be dead inside, and also <laughs> they've ruined the playoffs. Like, it's not mutually exclusive, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think on the American League side, right? So Baltimore starts to lose some helium from the balloon, and all of a sudden, now it's just a battle for seeding on that side, right? And the Yankees have steadied themselves, so there's not even that sort of Titanic to watch sink, right? So, um, yeah, and that... Ultimately, what you're going to have and why it's tough with 12 teams is that you're going to have a bad team make the playoffs, right? Like that, that's ultimately what's going to happen or, or you know, un- unless you have a bad team get hot to sneak in, then the drama of it might get sucked out a little bit. So, I mean, we've we got 15 days in the season and you got one league that's already just about seeding, right? So, you know, and then a couple days from now, maybe even a week from now, that might be the same with the National League side too. I think it can get much, much, much worse than this. And that's part of, there's like this existential dread behind it because the Brewers aren't a bad team. The Phillies are pretty darn okay and good even. Like you're going to get one of these years. It feels like this is the calm before the storm. One of these years, you're going to have two uh, teams with a 490 winning percentage duking it out for that last spot. And then I'll really be grumbling. I really wish that it were one spot just everyone's the three teams for one spot excites me two three teams for two spots not as much i want there to be more disappointment in my baseball i guess it's almost like they had a system that worked (laughs) where the three division winners made it and then the next best team earned something a right to the playoffs and that was called a wild card because they were like a wild card you know like they didn't win their division, but they were a really good team and they could get in there and do some damage. It was like they had a, a, a close to ideal system and they just diluted it and diluted it and diluted it and diluted it. And like, look, like it's going to produce exciting baseball in September. The wild card round will be, you know, somewhat entertaining. There will be probably a bunch of 
good games, but it also makes it so that there's very, you know, like if you're a Blue Jays fan or a Rays fan or a Mariners fan, you know, like right now, like you are not really like white knuckling it through September. And maybe if you're a Mariners fan, that's a good thing, right? Like maybe, you know, like that's like a, that's a, that's a feature, not a bug, but like they're not playing for anything. They're just jockeying for, you know, who gets to go to Cleveland and who gets to host the series. You know, I think about why the wild card was created to begin with. And I know Grant knows this. And this is, I'll just say Solomon Torres. Okay? <laughs> he gets hey, a bad rap, man. I know. He shouldn't have been I know. in that, that position, like, man. It, it, it sucked, right? He was a kid. Like, I mean, he was the only arm they had. Yeah. So what, what was it, 102 wins for the Giants that year? It was 103 wins, and they year. missed the postseason. And that was a good team, right? Like that, was it Burkett, Swift? Was it that group? Okay, like best defense I might have ever watched, where you had Gold Glovers, you had Will Clark, Robbie Thompson, you had Matt Williams, Darren Lewis, Barry Bonds, and a good baseball team that watched from home after winning 103 games, and that's why you created, you know, was it two years later? Here's the wild card, right, or something like that. Like it wasn't much longer after that. So, yeah, I think that's what that's for. It should be for those teams, not necessarily. Hey, look, Baltimore might stumble in drunk through the side door, you know, like which we're looking at, you know, even like a week ago or so. So, you know, I do like that it invites the possibility for more clubs to be involved. I think that's not a bad thing, but yeah, you do lose a little bit of something in that sacrifice. And this is it, like the white knuckling part of making the playoffs, you lose it. Like I I thought about it also last night too. You know, the Mets made it, they clinched last night. And I tweeted this, they've only been in the postseason 10 times in their history. They've been playing baseball since 1962 and so the fans are like oh my god that's pathetic and it's so you know lol Mets or whatever I'm like yeah I mean there are a lot of times there where where it was like just them being incompetent and like the whole the old Mets circus but I think most of it is hey man it used to be really really hard to make the playoffs really hard and they had good teams that didn't make it just like the Giants when we're talking about I think was it 92 that 92 team 93 so it should be hard to make the playoffs. It should be. And like, I think it does lose a little steam here when you've got 12 clubs and, you know, not a guarantee that all 12 of them are actually, you know, really good. The team that I think about more than the 93 Giants is the all the Giants in the 60s where they had five Hall of Famers. They had Mays, McCovey, Marichal, they had uh, Gaylord Perry, Orlando Cepeda, and they made the postseason once. They won one pennant in that whole time because it was always the Dodgers were just that much better. The Cardinals were that much better. So I look back. I don't want that system. If I had to choose, I loved five teams making it and then two teams duke it out and have their entire season come down to one game. I thought that was great theater. I thought it was unfair in all the right ways. I liked that more than the three teams and one wild card and the wild card automatically gets in. I don't know. That's the system I would bring back. I prefer that to the current one. I still think it's worse than the one they had, but uh, it depends on like what, what it is you're trying to accomplish. Like, are you trying to make the most number of like the largest number of important games, meaningful games, or are you trying to maximize the number of games you play in October? MLB is obviously defaulted towards the number sort of maximizing the number of games in October because that's where the money is. So they added a whole new round, but you know, in the process, like it just, as I said, it makes September relatively meaningless. It also, you know, disincentivizes teams from being super 
you know, aggressive at the deadline. Uh, the Padres, of course, will continue to, you know, buck that trend every year that AJ Preller's in charge. But, you know, if you look at like the Rays, the, you know, the, the Jays, the Orioles, all that, like you can see the value of one of these expanded spots. Just so we're clear, uh, the audio on this end, I want to clarify. You said that the Padres are going to buck that trend, right? <laughs> I'm going to buck something, Grant. <laughs> before this is over. You know I'm locked out of my Twitter account on my laptop? <laughs> Were you tweeting about crypto or something? No. So maybe some, some people from Twitter support listen to this because they don't respond to my messages. So I forgot my Twitter password. Okay. Uh, which like, it's fine. Right. It's fine. Uh, everyone does it. So I went to go like log in on my laptop, but, uh, I forgot my Twitter password. So I said, Oh, send, forget, you know, send the forget password, send the email. Uh, the problem is that the email that is listed on my Twitter password is from my LA times email, uh, which is not a company where I currently work. So uh, I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Like I'm logged in on Twitter uh, on my phone. I'll just change my password on my phone. Like that's no big deal at all. Go into my phone. The password I have to get into my Twitter account on my phone is not the correct password. So I'm like illegally locked into my phone and I can't change it. They won't let me change the password because I can't remember what it is, but I can still use the account. So yeah, I'm in a great mood. Have you tried Kershaw one, two, three? <laughs> Do it right now. I bet it works. Good. I bet it works. Problem solved. Good. Hey, you know what, Grant? Grant, when you're right, God you're is right. ass. That's pretty good. Lorenzo Kane, yep. but there's a zero for the O in Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. Dude, you're going to have his bank you're account. Not, I mean, you're going to have his power. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. My identity is going to be stolen by tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. I'm not, my, all my money's going to be gone. There will be people stealing my social security number. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've always wanted to be Unbelievable. taller. Unbelievable. There you go. You just you just did it. <laughs> Low. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't care about any of these races. I do think the NL East is still very exciting. I think that's, that's two very, very good teams playing for actually something meaningful. So that's not really a function of the uh, playoff structure per se. You know, it is the one race that really matters. I agree. And I think it's a fantastic one because you had the back and forth. You had the Braves start slow and then all of a sudden they have this secret cache of like 21 year olds in double A that they're just bringing up and throwing onto the pile and they're hitting 340 or whatever. They are a fascinating team. And I've come around to the buy as I buys in baseball. It's just, there's like a guttural dislike like that, that, that you shouldn't have a buy in baseball. That's, you know, that's football stuff at the same time. It may, I think it makes a huge difference if you're setting up a bullpen, if you're working with tired arms, if you're putting your rotation exactly like you want it, and you don't have that threat that you're going to run into the Padres, and then they're on one, and then you're out. And so I think that's a huge deal. And so you're going to see maybe a game 162 where you have uh, your top, your number one starters going after each other, you know, even if they're not in the same game. It's just, it, you're going to have that. And I think that's, that's what you want in September. You want game 162, everyone freaking out at the end of it. It's also very important, like, if, you know, if you're the Mets and you've, you know, your entire, not entire, but the majority of your, a significant amount of your 
the reason why you're scary in October is because you have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. And if you're not seeing those guys in the DS until games three and four, that makes you significantly less threatening. You said in your chat that you thought it was going to be amusing to see the the Phillies miss the the postseason again. Is that for public consumption, or is that is that something you want to expand on? It would be Grant because you know the Phillies are are uh, are bumbling icons, I guess. The Brewers have played like as probably as bad a second half as you can play, like while still sort of being in it. Maybe not second half, but like post deadline, right? Like the team like sort of had a basically a meltdown after losing Josh Hader and have kind of played not great ever since. And they're still only like two games out, uh, which is always kind of amusing. Um, you know, the Phillies like looked like they were in pretty steady position for quite a while. And they've kind of taken on water here in September. It doesn't help when they played, you know, the Braves who like literally only lose to the Mets. The Braves like are uh, undefeated against the rest of the sport and they're, uh, you know, underwater against the Mets. So, it's interesting, but it's, it's just, it's a low stakes thing. It's like, you know, okay, which one of these two teams is going to go be like a 40% dog to the Cardinals? You know, I, I, I don't know. It just carries less weight because the playoff spot is just worthless. Would you say as the only pro labor podcast, would you say that there is like an aesthetic case for the Padres who are trying the Phillies who were trying against the Brewers who were just sort of like, eh, it'll probably work out. Like, uh, you know, we got our pitching. I, I think I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. It's Should you feel bad for the Brewers? I don't think that there's a case to be made for that. They've been in the playoffs so much at this point. So feel bad for them? No. And they're cutting payroll all the time. It feels, it feels like, like I don't, urgency. Don't, you know, like the rays of the National League. And it's like, good for them, right? <laughs> they figured it out. Like, I, I admire that. Like, they, they're doing what they feel like they have to do with whatever constraints they put on themselves, great. But like, you know, they, they've had a nice little run. If they don't make it this year, I don't care. You know, like I, I would like to see the Phillies make it there. I think that would be wonderful because they've tried. All right. <laughs> God help them. They've tried. All right. And like, sure. Like no one can run. Sure. Like the bullpen's what it is. Like, uh, and yeah, they've taken on water in September. They fired a manager and all this like, but They've tried. They've brought players in. It's been a long time for them. I think that would be good for their fan base. And like, well, would people miss Milwaukee from the playoffs? Like, I, I don't think so. No, especially because we've seen that group. Those, I mean, they've got a nice team. Obviously, I'm not rooting against it. But like, you know, the question is like, is that something we'd miss? I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of don't think so. I'd rather see the Padres or Phillies, honestly. I just love urgency. I just, I, like, I'm an urgency junkie. I want, like, the Padres, ah, the Phillies, like, dude, here's a bunch of money to a bunch of galoots. <laughs> like, I, I love that urgency. So that's where I'm coming from. I mean, obviously, like, again, and, like, if you, uh, we need to, you know, everyone chill. Like, everyone chill. This does not affect our support of the minor league union or, you know, any sort of labor, you know, positions in baseball. But don't we need to sort of, like, move past the idea that the only way to try is to spend money? now, like. God, clip that out and just like put that over, you know, my head, just embarrassing me, you know, like it's me wearing a Rob Manfred for Hall of Fame t-shirt. But what I'm saying is like the Brewers did something that was, I don't know, in another lifetime would have been described as like brave in trading Josh Hader, who, by the way, was terrible, has been terrible. And they got, you know, some decent prospects out of him. Like you could argue, right? Like that's trying. It's probably just to save money, but like you could argue, right, that they saw a declining asset and were like, we got to move this guy. I don't know. I don't know. I just sort of like we have. There has to be a way 
to use our brains to describe teams going for it in ways that don't involve just sort of giving out contracts to glutes. I could be, I don't know. Maybe that's just like the, the contrarian in me. I, I'm probably wrong. Like sometimes I'm with you like on that, you know, where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like this is like, we need these, these teams should be rewarded. But then sometimes they're like, I don't know, giving that guy that amount of money is dumb. Like, I don't know if that should be rewarded. Yeah, no, I think I you know. spend money and it's a good thing. It should be rewarded. Push comes to shove in a capitalist system, trying is spending. Okay? Like, that's just as simple as that. The reason the Mets, like, we're talking about 10 postseason births in, in however 60 years, part of it is because they never spent to be sustainable. So they got what they deserved. All right? Now there's someone in there that sounds like he wants to spend and make it sustainable. They're going to get what they deserve because you know what? They're going to do something I feel like that they've never done before, which is like be the Dodgers and that they're there every year, given the system and how they're spending money. So, yes, I don't know. I think sometimes it's really that simple. Effort level is, is, is spending. The Mets make the playoffs one time and it's like, yeah, they're the Dodgers now. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. I don't necessarily need to see the Brewers sign Albert Pujols to the contract he got from the Angels. I just wanted them to get like one more hitter. Just just yeah. tease, no, just, just right. throw me one little bone, like one big trade. I don't know. I don't need I'm the totally Berizito contract. I'm totally with you, contract. Grant. Like, that's yeah, a, I'm with yeah, you. I'm like, with you, you can do well. both. You can like do something yeah. brave. And I'm, I agree with Andy there, right? Like what they did with Hayter. Yes, it, it is brave. Like you, that's the thing they needed to disrupt some stuff. They also had good reasoning for it. Yes, and they're trying to save money. That would not have precluded them, right? From adding more in the off season for a team they knew was pretty good, with the, especially with those pitchers. So like, yeah, there's no rule that it's one or the other, right? Now, that's how people operate in the sport, it feels like, that it's one or the other. It shouldn't be. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network. You're there to look for jobs. You're there to post jobs. And how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. 
Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would like to point out that uh, Josh Hader's back, by the way. He is uh, his last four outings, clean as a whistle, no walks, a bunch of strikeouts. Padres, uh, I don't know. I'm not scared of them if I'm the Dodgers, but I'm not not scared of them. So let's segue into, we know the Astros. We know the Dodgers. Like, we know the Braves were there last year. We know the Yankees, or uh, are, are, theoretically the Yankees. Is there an under-the-radar team that you think could just bulldoze, go through like the 2015 Royals? I think it's the first time we brought them up. Uh, is there a team that can just go through the postseason and surprise the heck uh, out of anyone? Their fan base will probably be irritated to hear them described as a surprise because they are like a massive sort of club and fan base. But I, I think the Cardinals are pretty good. You know, I think the Cardinals do a lot of things well. You know, they have two elite, elite hitters at the top of the lineup in Goldschmidt and Arenado. Pujols is like actually dangerous uh, against lefties, which, by the way, the Dodgers rotation is chock full of lefties. You know, they've gotten in kind of the way that they did uh, last year with like John Lester and who's the other guy, Mark, the guy from the Yankees who didn't want to be the opener. Um, <laughs> well, Jordan Montgomery. Whatever. <laughs> last year. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. The, the guy, he had been, he'd been on the twins. Um, I cover baseball professionally. Anyway, <laughs> they made, they traded for Lester and the other guy. Uh, and Jay Jay Happ. Yes. Jay Happ, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they traded for those guys, and it was kind of like, what? What is this? Like, these guys stink. And in sort of the same uh, vein, you know, they traded for Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery, and it's kind of like, what? Like, why didn't you get, you know, like someone like really good? And those guys have, you know, benefited greatly from the defense behind them, from you know some of the changes that uh, they might have made uh, in terms of usage, like with Montgomery. They're all of a sudden, right? Like the, the rotation looks pretty serious, right? You got a rotation with, you know, Miles Nicholas, you got Adam Wainwright, you got whatever, you know, uh, Jack Flaherty is going to be. And so there's just, there's a lot to like there. They catch the baseball. They have good athletic, younger players. Like I, I think the Cardinals are a legit threat. Like I, obviously like they're not as good as the Dodgers. No one is as good as the Dodgers, but they match up really well against them, especially with their right-handed sticks against the left-handed starters. Yeah, I'm with you, and I, I don't think the Cardinals get enough credit uh, for being a a really brilliant baseball team. Like it's always the Astros, or it's going to be like you're talking about the Rays. The Rays are under the radar. They're making these moves, and, and the Braves, and they're bringing up guys from AA. Uh, the Cardinals have been reliably brilliant for a long, long time. What One under 500 seasons since the 90s, if I'm getting that correct, and that was like in 2006. So, like, really good and you see it when you get someone like 
you see Nolan Arenado come over from the Rockies and he gets better. He gets, he's having his best season. His strikeout rate is the lowest it's ever been. That's, that could be all Arenado, but somehow I think the Cardinals are just really good at making baseball players good. And that seems like a skill that an organization should have. Give credit to the manager, by the way. Marmol, all right? Like, they made a change last year. Remember how controversial that was with Schilt, all that? Like, it was a big deal, all right? Like, it was sort of like, whoa, what the, they're a pretty good club, and they moved on from a manager. Like, like you know, that I think there's a presence there that's helped steady this thing and, and get all those players sort of on the same page. And, and that, I think there's something to that. So, yeah, I, they do get underrated a little bit, right, when compared to some of the, the other clubs. And, yeah, the, their fan base will be irritated by Andy calling him the plucky underdog in a way, but that's a good call. They have been a good team for quite a while. They haven't been an elite team since, since 2015. I mean, they've been a, they've been a good club for a while. Um, they've also kind of gotten away with spending maybe under their market capabilities, but uh, they're trying. They are trying. Let me ask you this. Uh, I'm on the Nolan Arenado baseball reference page right now. Uh, under nicknames, he has Nado or Sandblaster. Have either one of you heard him referred to as Nado or Sandblaster? And I'm assuming it might be a clubhouse thing. But have you ever at a press conference said, Sandblaster, can you talk about that 0-2 count and why you took that? And if not, are you willing to try for the podcast? Well, we talked about referring to players by their nicknames, and that's Andy's department. Mr. Kershaw, one, two, three, four. Why don't you feel that one? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining a scenario where Mark is at a press conference, <laughs> and I'm just... As a... <laughs> Again, I just keep coming back to what was he arrested for and how often do prisoners have <laughs> It's not actually worth like doing a story because who who cares? But like there are some like strange nicknames on uh baseball reference under the nickname like there are you're like that's not what he's called, you know? Like that's I've, the curation's a little loose. Yeah, like, you know, no one has ever called Clayton Kershaw the Minotaur, okay? But, like, that is one of the nicknames on there. Like, that's not a thing. Aaron Judge has B-A-J. Anyone heard that before? It's, it's, it says he's uh, nicknamed The Judge. All right. All Rise, which I not guess isn't necessarily that's a, not nickname, a nickname. But, that's yeah, not that's a just like a, a thing you say. Or B-A-J, which... Uh, let's see, what's his full name? No, his full name's Aaron James Judge. That would be AJJ. So, I don't know. We'll have to do some research, some hard-hitting journalism, and come back to this. Grant, I'm going to run, I'm gonna run some, uh, some Giants nicknames by you, according to this, okay? And you, you verify, all right? If I say Humbus, who's that? That would be Buster Posey, and I only know that because I'm a derelict. Uh, no one has ever used that. Okay, all right. Big Sugar. Big Sugar. Oh, that is uh, Jackie Splenda, a left-handed reliever <laughs> from 1968. <laughs> Big sugar. That's, allegedly, that's Matt Cain. No, it's not, man. He's the, the horse, maybe, right? There's got to be something about a horse. Okay, and then uh, Bob. 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 Just Bob. Just Bob. Bob. Uh, uh, Bob. Uh, Bruce Bochy? Brandon Belt. Yeah, no, no. The only thing that shocks me about this is that Jackie Splenda isn't throwing like important bullpen innings for the Tampa Bay Rays. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like you, yeah, and here comes Splenda in for the seventh inning. He's get this. This is his lane. Oh, doctor! Looks like the Rays are pulling a fast one. You got Jackie Splenda <laughs> out there. <laughs> to open, open it with oh, Jackie Splenda. <laughs> Uh, I think the Cardinals are a great pick. I'm going to go Guardians. And because for a couple of reasons, I think that they have a very strong team. Jose Ramirez is uh, one of the best players in baseball. They finally cobbled together a couple of outfielders uh, worth a dang, which has been their bugaboo for a while. you got Shane Bieber back pitching well. I like a lot of what they're doing. and The bullpen is strong. But I also, the universe is disorderly. And it trends toward disorder. And nothing actually means anything. And there's no rhyme or reason to anything. But I want to believe in an orderly universe. And I want to believe that simply changing the franchise name to the Guardians breaks the curse. That this is the first year that they win the World Series. I think they have a fine team. I would like to see them make some noise. But I just, I'd like to believe in an orderly universe. So that, that's be fun to watch them like wreak havoc in the playoffs because they run they're young they're athletic they'll put it in play they've got the pitching it's a fun call and like yeah i read something that zach mizell wrote recently about them they're having a blast doing it obviously that that's winning but also um these are guys that know each other pretty well right so no i think that would be a lot of fun and i think it's a good call on your part and yeah sure changing the name like why not like some good positive vibes but i think they'd be an entertaining club to watch i think they're the way they do it's a little different Good players. They, they, they cobble together, like you said, an outfield. Just a lot of good players um, on one roster. Um, did it kind of quietly, I feel like, too. So it could be fun. They were supposed to be done. Like their their window was closed with Francisco Lindor leaving. And it's, ah, uh, oh, that's it. You know, now they're going to trade Jose Ramirez to the Padres and uh, back to the rebuild. And then Jose Ramirez signs a, a contract, which good for him, but really good for the Guardians. And I, I just, I'm fascinated by the fact that they leapfrogged over the White Sox and even the Twins. That wasn't supposed to happen. So I, I, I love when teams do that. That's another thing that I'm just, yeah, got you know, Jimenez, Rosario, Juan. I mean, this guy's emerged. It's fun. So this is what I'm saying, though, with, like, the trying thing, right? Like, if, if the Guardians were trying, they should have signed Francisco Lindor to a huge contract, right, and and not traded him. Um, and this is not to knock Francisco Lindor, who's been a good player for, you know, the Mets. He's having another good season. And, you know, uh, but, like, the Guardians probably rather have, right, Rosario and Jimenez who they got in that trade, right? Like one of those guys is like, you know, I think uh, Jimenez is like a six-win player, right? And they still got him for several more seasons. Like when we reduce it to like the only way is spending, right? Like I think we limit ourselves if we're trying to actually analyze the sport. Yeah, but I think what you are uh, missing is that I am not ideologically consistent about any of this. And I pick and choose (laughs) based on vibes, I'm yep. just going vibes. I was looking at, actually, when you were talking about Jimenez, I was on the 2021 Guardians page, and I was like, what is he talking about? Are we going to have to edit? And I clicked over, so now it's my turn to be like, right, right, I write about baseball for a living. Right, look, wow, that is a lot of war. Wow, look at all the war. Just war flying all over the place. So, yeah, fantastic. And then they signed Jose Ramirez for like a deal that, uh, you know, is uh, much more team friendly than the one uh, Lindor signed. I don't know. Whatever. Exploitation's wrong. Like, we're pro labor. <laughs> <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, okay, we're talking about the Guardians. Good club, right? Fun players. Athletic. There are things that they don't hit enough homers, right? 
isn't that so one of the concerns is that the, aside from like they just don't have enough pop in that lineup and that's one of those places where yeah if you spend some money to bring that in their team gets better you do both like we were talking about earlier and power guys hit the ball over the fence that's where you spend your money so like i don't like this idea that it's got to be one or the other even though that's sort of how the sport works a lot of times that it's one or the other i think he sold me like i now i'm anti-guardians i think i i this is a pro-labor podcast I am mad at them. They should, they, you know who they should have? They should have George Springer. They should have George Springer already in place, hitting some dingers for him. That's a segue right there, because my club, the so-called under-the-radar club, is the Toronto Blue Jays, because they've been so up and down. They've had a bizarre season, all right? Like, they fired a manager. There, there have been times where they have taken on water and just looked horrific, all right? Uh, and there are other times where when they're clicking, which they really haven't done top to bottom yet all year long, they're really dangerous, all right? So now, look, structurally, you look at the roster, like, is that bullpen strong enough outside of Jordan Romano? I don't know. You know, starting pitching, like, they got two guys, that's it, right? And, like, you're kind of crossing your fingers with Jose Barrios. Whoa! So... Three guys. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, This is stripling one, two, three, four is the other password. Strip one. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Every ex Dodger and Royal, man. This guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, all right. So, yeah, 2.5 guys in that rotate. Like, I think there are clearly some parts of their club where you you can have some concern. But why I pick them is that, you know, they really haven't got it all the way going yet. And like a club like that, when they're so up and down and streaky, you just never know. They catch fire going into the playoffs. I think they get really, really scary because you know what? The names in that lineup haven't changed. All right. Their performances have kind of ebbed and flowed. Like look at Bo Bichette in the last month, right? Up until a month ago, we're like, man, this guy's underachieving. What's to say that Vlad doesn't do that at some point? Right, because the names are the same. They got Chapman over there, Teoscar Hernandez. We on and on. That's a good lineup. Kirk has struggled in the second half, like hasn't hit, but like you know, it's still him. So it, it, when I look at that club, there's a lot of talent there, and if they get hot and put it together and sort of just get lucky at the right time, they could be a real handful. I will go back in uh, through the annals of baseball history for a comparison. Uh, what about the 2021 Braves, where you look back and it makes sense, and all the way up into the postseason, you're like, oh, you know what's going on? And then you look back, it's like, yeah, they have a ton of guys just hitting bombs. They had everyone in place in, at the right time, and of course the Braves could make some noise in the postseason. I, they give me that kind of vibe, because you're going to look back and say, that lineup is kind of ridiculous Sick. and surprisingly stacked. And if if you have Jose Barrios back and you have uh, you know Gossman and Manoa, like eh, that's, don't forget I, I'm looking at that Grant. going okay. Do not forget Stripling. Oh, is he on the Blue Jays now? If he was oh, in yeah, New York better. doing what he's doing in sixth <laughs> inning, they build a statue of him in the Bronx. Okay, same thing. Uh, <laughs> The comparison to the Braves is actually is, is pretty apt, and it's very similar in a right. Like you got like all these dudes who are dangerous, and you look through that lineup, and none of them are having particularly great years, right? Like they're all sort of like having middling kind of seasons, but like that doesn't totally matter in October. You know, it, it didn't matter that like Eddie Rosario and Jock Peterson stunk for most of last season. Like they clicked at the right time. They have talent, you know, and if you combine that with you know having slightly more consistent 
reliable players going like a Freddie Freeman or like an Austin Riley, or in this case, you know, like a Vlad Guerrero, like you probably bet on George Springer in October. He's had pretty good history, but like, if you have that and a couple of the wild cards, like the less reliable guys, all of a sudden that lineup is really, really tough to get through. Mark, you're right about the bullpen. There's not a lot of bat missing in the bullpen, which is an issue. Hard to know if they, you know, what they'll get like out of Barrios or Kikuchi uh, heading into October. You know, Manoa's been really good. Gossman's been good. Stripling's been good. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, but I think the formula is there for them to, you know, to run through some teams that's just like offensively. But the bullpen, right? The swing and miss is the issue. But like they've got different looks down there. That's the thing. It's not, I don't think that they're like totally lost as far as like, oh God, you're just crossing your fingers. Would you believe in it more if you had dudes that missed bats? Absolutely. They can match up, right? Like they got different looks. They're, they got guys coming from like three quarters. You got like dudes that throw, you know, it, it's, they've got an interesting little mix there. Again, not saying it's a strength. But could it play in the postseason, especially when you've got an offense that's giving you a lot of leeway potentially, which if they get hot and start popping balls over the fence, um, you know, yeah, these guys are real, real dangerous. I, I think it's one to watch. I've been waiting for them all season long, I feel like, to kind of get on a run, right? And like they kind of missed the window, right? Like the Yankees go into the toilet for a while and the Jays sort of did the same. Like after, after like they'd kind of, they fired their manager or on an upward trajectory and then kind of missed the window to capitalize on it. So, like, it's like, at some point, you figure, right? Like, it's going to happen with these guys. Maybe it doesn't, but, like, I, I'm kind of betting on, you know, I, I like the chances that, like, they could have one of those crazy runs. And, and like Andy said, Grant, that comp is perfect and timely with the Braves, okay? Because the talent was there, um, the profile's there. Yeah, like, I could see them being real pain in the ass for some of these teams in the American League side. If you're running the, the 2022 postseason with the Stratomatic cards that were handed out before this year, the Blue Jays would still scare the hell out of you. I think that's the, that's the overall point. The thing about the postseason is, like, <clears throat> we know there are certain things that tend to play in October, right? Like hitting for home runs, pitchers to miss bats. There's still not really, uh, like, a formula. You know, this, the idea of a secret sauce, like, it's kind of just like, I don't know, play good baseball in, for a month. Uh, and also, you know, catch some breaks, catch the baseball if you can. But we've seen teams kind of boot it around and still, you know, get over that. Like we've seen teams, you know, not, it's difficult to like exactly say what happened, you know, what, what it is that wins. But I do feel there's always like a revisionist sort of history. And so like I came out of last year's postseason after watching Eddie Rosario, like go off in the NLCS and, you know, into some of the World Series. And I'm like, every team just needs a guy swinging out of his ass. Every good lineup just needs someone batting sixth or seventh who doesn't care. He's just coming up there and letting it rip, and maybe that guy will get hot. No, that's not a strategy that teams should implement. But it, when it's like clicking, you're like, dude, what? Every game, like you got all these patient guys, these three true outcomes guys, you know, the Max Muncy types. It's like, let's get a guy up there just just looking to barrel everything. <laughs> like you're, you're talking about like the secret sauce and trying to project like I've always felt like the thing that's so difficult in this sport is that the rosters change so damn much from the start of the year then you get the deadline then people getting hurt or coming back or whatever and those changes when you're talking about playoff baseball are massive right because if you get a good bullpen arm back let's say a dude that does miss bats that you haven't had most of the year holy cow You've changed. I covered one of these instances. 2009 Yankees, they don't win that World Series without this left-handed reliever, Damaso Marte, 
who was hurt pretty much the entire <laughs> year, right? And then now here's the Phillies in the World Series, and here's this lefty pretty much getting every matchup they called upon him. He got he got the guy out. So that's a, that's a name you didn't hear. He was not on the club for most of the year, hurt. I think it was like almost the entire season, and then probably they're I mean honestly they're under the radar MVP for that postseason run so it, it's rosters change so damn much and then especially when you're talking about bullpens now like yes one or two of those guys could tilt the balance so much uh, it's just so difficult like it's always been difficult to project but I think the roster shifting makes it damn near impossible I just went and looked up Damaso Marte's uh, numbers from 2009 they're hilarious he had uh, <laughs> a 9.45 ERA he pitched 13 innings. He struck out uh, less than a batter per inning, 8.8. He walked 4.1 per nine. And then in the postseason, he made eight scoreless appearances, <laughs> uh, which is just like, <laughs> like, try and draw that up, you know, like try, try and like explain like, no, no, no. So like, we're going in, we've got this like huge, you know, $190 million behemoth or whatever it was back then. That used to be trying now with inflation. Ooh. Uh, you have under two hundred million payroll. Get out! Can't win. Uh, I don't know why I do this stuff. Um, but like we got this, you know, we got A Rod, we got Jeter, we got Teixeira, we got Sebastian, we got Bonet, and we got Tomaso Marte. And that's how you know it's like. Try you know try predicting that. Try. It's like you can't predict baseball. Almost you just can't, Susan. Yeah, one word. You never know. All right, Andy. I don't think we got a team from you. Did the we? Cardinals. The Cardinals, yeah, the Cardinals. Well, Mark, did we get a team from yeah, you? Yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays. Come on, Grant. Son of a biscuit. I just... All right. Grant, where have you been the last 45 Yeah, seriously. Minutes? Is your audio okay, Grant? Audio's okay, and guess what? This coffee tastes a little uh, hmm, vodka-y. Nice. You know I mean? A little like Russian just... coffee, baby. Excellent. Yeah, all right. Well, that's good because we're out of time. So I was like trying to figure out like how we could squeeze in, but I forgot that you guys both went. Uh, I went. We're all good here. We all have our, our picks. We're we're creating baseball content, and everyone loves it. I have one point. D. Brian Hayes did nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with snacking at the job. Okay? <laughs> uh, you nothing brought wrong. that up. I thought I thought that video was fine. He knows if the ball's coming to yeah, him, and he yeah. can get a gl- he can get a glove on and and put the seeds in his mouth. Uh, I, I, yeah, justice for just Hayes, an eyewash, eyewash freaking controversy. Nothing wrong with having a snack. You know, you need to get your blood sugar up. You want to get some salt in your mouth. Like, yeah, it's fine. Here's some things that I would, I would guess that that was like an unconscious move. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. like, you, you know what I could go for right now is a mouthful of seeds. It's just like it's an instinctual neurons fire. You have seeds in your mouth as a seed guy. Are you, are you guys seed guys? Because I'm trying to become a seed guy at softball games and stuff. And so I've got like all these different flavors and I'm trying and the sweet and spicy is good, but the jalapeno needs more kick. And so I'm a seed guy and it's just instinctual. You're just putting seeds in your mouth, man. You're, you're, it's like you get to pretend you're a parakeet for a little bit and I, I love it. A couple points. One dips better. Number two, all right. oh boy, dips better. Number two, I love that the very next day, the SNY is like doing their self-congratulatory, hey, we busted this guy doing the seeds thing, and they got the camera on Hayes, and what does he do? <laughs> Makes a play, then pops seeds in his mouth. And then the third point would be, God, I, w- like the, I wish there were a play. I wish he had just sort of like automatically done that and then had a ball come to him, because then like to see the seed just fly out as this baseball comes, <laughs> like that would have been absolutely wonderful. Then it would have been worth all of this nonsense, all right? But that didn't happen. 
like feathers coming out of the Randy Johnson That's, dove. Just seeds oh going. No. Boom. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Just yeah. just for the record, this is a pro animal podcast. Despite that last comment, I just said I like it's being a like a parakeet. Pro okay, you animal to... podcast. He's got a dog and a cat on this podcast. It's a pro animal podcast. For the record, we are pro animals. We are pro labor. We hate zoo. Damn right. Except except for the turtleback zoo because Rosie loves the turtleback zoo. I'm pro zoo actually. No, take that back. Zeus. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Andy. I, zoos are, I don't know, I have a yearly subscription or pass to a zoo. Out of boy. Uh, so fine. we're pro zoo. I, I like I, I'm, when yeah. I quit the business after this podcast, I might apply to work with a zoo. Out of boy. Hey, Twitter support, email me. All right. Yeah, the world needs more tweets from Andy. Please, for the love of God, there's just a dearth of Andy on Twitter. Um, so let's figure that out. This has been episode 25 of the Roundtable We will be back next week to jabber about whatever. We will see you then. Thanks for listening. I'm going to buck something. (laughs)